Breadbox Media Programming is brought to you by... It's so much more than just a profile picture. At Catholic Singles, our platform offers you many opportunities to get to know the person behind the picture. Sign up today at catholicsingles.com. Good News Ministries of GNM.org. It's the Catholic place for growing your faith. Good News Ministries will provide you with faith-building reflections, virtual retreats, prayer resources, and lots more. All of it is free. Visit gnm.org today. By definition, a storyteller conveys events in words, images, and sounds, often by improvisation or embellishment. The Living Bread Radio Network presents The Storytellers with Tony Agnesi. Today you'll hear a faith-based, inspirational story that's both heartfelt and heartwarming. And now, let's meet today's storyteller with Tony Agnesi. Hi, this is Tony Agnesi, and welcome to this edition of The Storytellers. Each week, we feature a guest with a unique and inspiring story to tell. The Storytellers is brought to you in part by CatholicBook.net, and all of the books featured on the program are available there. Uh, The program can be heard via podcast at TheStorytellersRadio.com and wherever you get your podcasts, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean, Spotify, and many, many others. And it's available later in the week at the Catholic podcasting site, breadboxmedia.com. My guest today is Sonia Corbett. She's the author of a brand new book called Fearless, a Catholic Woman's Guide to Spiritual Warfare. And um, she is uh, joining us on The Storyteller. She had a great series called Unleash. She does blogging and podcasting as the Bible evangelista. So if you're online or in any of those social media uh, places where Catholic podcasting takes place. I'm sure you've heard of the Bible Evangelista. Sonia, Sonia, this is a wonderful opportunity to talk with you. Welcome to the program. I'm more than thrilled. Thank you for having me. As I told you, I'm, I'm, I'm familiar with you from all of the things you do on the web, and I know that you uh, you are uh, grew up not as a Catholic, so I'm kind of interested in getting a little bit of the backstory of Sonia Corbett before we delve into this really terrific new book. Well, I did grow up as a Southern Baptist down here in the South. If you couldn't already tell, I'm from Tennessee. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So here in the South, there are not very many Catholics. In fact, I began Catholic Radio here, and I was shocked that um, in our major metro areas, it's only 2% Catholic even there. Mm -hmm. So imagine living out in the rural areas where I'm from, course, I didn't grow up here. My dad was in the service, so we traveled a lot. But but living in this kind of area and almost always in the South, I grew up hearing and being taught and believing that Catholics were a cult, that they weren't even Christian. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was a, it's a very strange road that led me to the Catholic Church, and I call it a perfect storm. We had my husband and I were both in leadership in our little country church. And it split twice. Our church split twice. And the first time, I was really too young to really know what was going on. And I, you know, I had an opinion, but it wasn't very informed. (laughs) It was biblical, though. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But then the second time, about five years later, we had a new pastor. And the very same people did the very same thing and split the church again. And this time, my husband and I were both in leadership. He was a, a deacon, which is, it's different in the Protestant churches than it is in the Catholic church. But... 
what I mean by that is we knew exactly what was going on. We knew all that was being said, all that was being done, the people who were responsible. And because we loved our pastor so much, it just, it devastated us. You know, after seeing this twice, it completely devastated us. And I really began a search for, I I knew from the Bible, because I've always loved the scriptures, I knew that the Bible made better provisions for both God's people and his pastors Mm -hmm. than what we were seeing. So I started sort of looking around, and at the same time, I was writing my own material, so I was doing a little bit of research on um, early Catholic uh, church history, and also my whole, I guess, formation in my entire life will involve the healing of this father wound that I say, I call it a father wound that I have, and... um, and it led me to really investigate Martin Luther, who um, was mainly responsible for all of the denominations at about 1500 A.D. And so I did that, and what I discovered is that Father—I mean that uh, Martin Luther also had a father wound, and so it caused him to behave exactly in the same ways that I had been behaving and that God had been correcting me and forming me out of for so long. So the church history— Information, the church splitting we we I mean we experienced, and the research on Martin Luther all sort of funneled me into the Catholic Church. To be to be deep into Catholic or to be deep into Christian history is to become Catholic when you, right. when, you when you see all that goes around. Give us a, a definition of father when you mention that, and and I, I for the benefit of our listeners who may not know what you're what you are referring to, tell us about that as it related to you and and Martin Luther as well. So for me, my dad was in two branches of the military, and then he was highway patrol his entire career, and. So basically, for us, that just meant that if we knew anything at our house, we knew the law. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so being both female and very intuitive in a personality and temperament kind of way, I was very tender, very tender hearted, and he was very angry. He was not only uh, very aggressively um, authoritarian, but he also, he was an angry person. He had a whole lot of stuff in his own life, you know, that caused that. Mm -hmm. Of course, I didn't know that at the time. I just internalized it and made it, you know, all my fault. So what happened was I, I grew up with a lot of sensitivity toward criticism, especially from him, but really any male in authority over me that I respected and loved. And so that carried over into some really bad behavior. I had terrible rebellion against anyone who was male and in authority over me, who criticized me. And that came out in lots and lots of ways, but mostly it was rage. Mm -hmm. And in fact, uh, St. Paul warns fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath. And that was exactly what happened in my life. That's exactly what I turned around and began to do to my own kids. And so I I was willing to submit to the excavation of that wound under the Holy Spirit because I was so afraid to do that to my own kids. But Martin Luther had the same thing. His his father was alcoholic, but also highly critical, could never be satisfied. And Martin Luther really left and went to, um, he went to be a priest, to be a monk, to get away from him. Mm-hmm. And then, and he was so very gifted. He was very, very gifted. And because of that, and also some OCD and perfectionism and other things that follow from a father wound, or a mother wound, actually, but he 
rebelled against the hierarchy, first of all, but partly because he got overwhelmed. He was so talented and so gifted, they just kept throwing responsibility at him. And the less he was able to pray, the more overwhelmed he became. And the more overwhelmed he became, the more angry he was. And the more angry he was, the more rebellious he was. Mm -hmm. And it just was a snowball kind of thing. So... I call myself Martin Luther's little sister. <laughs> well, you, you mentioned, I, I, would it be a correct statement or would it be fair to say that most people, when they're in the same situ- you, uh, situation you were in, will go one of two ways. Either they will just mimic that same thing in their lives with their kids and so forth, and it just goes on for another generation, or they say stop and there's kind of a 180 degree turn and say I'll never do that to my kids is that a fair statement I think so I think sometimes though that even when we say I will not do this to my kids because we are so very wounded and we have no idea where all of this behavior comes from we say that we won't do it to our kids but we turn out doing it to them anyway because we haven't really let the Holy Spirit get deep enough to, to root out all of, of the stuff. And I know that sounds dramatic, but honestly, I, I think the saints bear that out, that that's what sanctification and purification is, letting the Holy Spirit get that deep. And if we don't allow Him to do that, we do perpetuate those wounds on our kids without even meaning to, and in fact, even saying, I'm not going to do this. But we end up doing it in different ways. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's important to really submit to the Holy Spirit. Well, obviously, you've had to spend some time coming up with the, the tools, if you will, or the, uh, the, th- the things that you, you put together to battle um, these, these issues and, and obviously have them in your new book, Fearless, A Catholic Woman's Guide to Spiritual Warfare. Um, did, did, that, did that come as a result of study or did it come as a result of, of, of just trying to, to stop? How did, how did that come about? Um, both ways. Actually, it was a sort of a combination. Mostly it came through the scriptures. One of the very first things God confronted me with was a verse in Proverbs chapter 26, 11, that says, as a dog returns to his vomit, so a fool repeats his folly. And I just remember at that time I had had this enormous fight with my husband and my youngest, uh, my oldest son, I'm sorry, was still really, he was just a baby at the time. And when the Lord confronted me with that verse, I was just so struck, you know, by the, the fact that I have a pattern here. I don't think I realized it before, but I am going back to that same vomit over and over and over. Mm-hmm. And why am I doing that? And at the beginning, you know, when he first said that to me, I, I thought, well, I can't help it. <laughs> you know, if everybody would just do what I want, I'd be fine. Mm-hmm. Sure. <laughs> and he just, you know, he, he kept using the scriptures to show me the tools. So they're not my tools at all. All I do in, in Fearless is explain to be to people the step-by-step pattern and and uh, tools that he gave me to battle my own demons. Mm-hmm. And truly, our our demons really are rooted in woundedness, whether we know it, whether we deny it, whether we pretend they're not there, whether we want everything to be happy-go-lucky. The, the behaviors that we can't stop, that we vomit over and over again, they come from woundedness. And if we can't get with the Holy Spirit and allow Him to get in there, we'll continue to perpetuate them until we're dead. And, mm. and that's a travesty, because the grace of God is so overwhelming. I think Thomas Aquinas is the one who said, 
you know, we cannot do it without him, but he will not do it without us. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's been my practice, I mean, my uh, experience. With what's going on in the world today, and uh, you know, just being an observer, the number of people who have left the church, not only the Catholic Church, but Christianity in general, I think uh, church attendance is at, at a historic low and, and so forth. It, it just seems to me that there are an awful lot of wounded people out there, Sonia, and, and, and how do... Th- <laughs> You know, how do we get them help? Where does the help lie? We see uh, suicide rates increase. We see drug use uh, increase and both prescription and non-prescription drug use. And um, d- does that ever cross your mind that we live in a world where there are so many of these wounds uh, that, uh, you know, is there any other way to fix them other than, uh, you know, other than this way? And uh, and with people people leaving their faith experience behind, uh, it just seems to me that we're in an awful fix. Well, we might be, but the Holy Spirit certainly isn't. And that's exactly what my entire ministry is based on. I don't look at that stuff at all. I know it's there. I have experienced it in my own life. I see it in my own family. I see it in my community. I see it in my state. I see it in my country. I see it in my world. I see it in my church, just like we all do. But if our focus is on that, we will not step into the purpose that the Holy Spirit has for us to be a witness to Him in the world. And, mm-hmm. and that can't happen either unless we have undergone our own transformation. And so for me, what I do is I just keep my focus on what I'm supposed to be doing, and I know it's there, I know it's an, an issue, and if the Holy Spirit wants me to to move out in a more aggressive way in those areas, then he'll tell me. Mm. Otherwise, I do what I know I'm called to do, and I keep my eyes just on that. Because what I've seen in other people and what I know in my own life is if you're walking in the purpose that the Holy Spirit made you for, he's going to take care of all that stuff with us. Mm -hmm. We have to be, and, and it doesn't matter how small we are, there were only 12 apostles. I mean, it doesn't. If there were only 12 Christians left on the face of the earth, the Holy Spirit could transform the entire world with just 12. So I don't focus on that at all because I know, you know, we are in a in a very difficult time and that's part of why I wrote Fearless because it is about spiritual warfare and it is about the reality of how dangerous our times are. Mm-hmm. And we see it, but at the same time, what's so practical about what God tells us to do is just keep yourself from sinning. That's number one. That's the number one thing about spiritual warfare is get rid of the sin. And the Holy Spirit does everything else. And that's what's so amazing about the life, the Christian life. And so, yes, they fall left and right, and, and we're in danger of falling too, you know, at any moment. But at the same time, we are surrounded by that cloud of witnesses, the angels and saints, the Holy Spirit, we are given every possible grace. And in fact, I mentioned this in the book, our last two popes have said that because the times are so evil right now, and they will get worse, that there will be greater saints made in these times that have ever lived before. Imagine John Paul II, Mother Teresa, Therese of Lisieux, greater saints than they? How is that even possible? Wow. And yet that's what they say, and that means us. 
Mm-hmm. So all we have to do is walk on our purpose, and the Holy Spirit does everything else. My guest is Sonia Corbett. Her book is Fearless, A Catholic Woman's Guide to Spiritual Warfare, Conquer Your Demons and Love with Abandon. And when we return, we're going to talk about the book specifically. We're going to discuss spiritual warfare and the approach to overcoming these uh, sources of anxiety and stress and fear that you may be experiencing in your life when we return to The Storytellers. CatholicBook.net is your source for all things Catholic. With a large selection of unique items, we are here to serve the Lord by serving you. Visit our local shop in Canton at St. Raphael Books and Gifts, 4365 Fulton Drive Northwest. We are your source for all things Catholic. CatholicBook.net, for 30 years, a commitment to service. Welcome back to The Storytellers. This is Tony Agnesi. My guest is the author of the book, Fearless, A Catholic Woman's Guide to Spiritual Warfare. Her name is Sonia Corbett. She's the Bible evangelista. She's got a radio program, podcast, and she's very, very visible on the Internet at uh, all of the Catholic sites. It's a pleasure to have her with me today. Sonia, let's uh, let's zero in on this word, spiritual warfare. I think when some people hear that word, word spiritual, or those words, they conjure up some cosmic thing um uh, you, you um you, your approach is a little little different than that well my approach is only different because the scriptural approach approach is very um muted we'll say mm-hmm. um there with the church designates two kinds of spiritual warfare one is extraordinary and that's usually what we think of when we think of spiritual warfare we're thinking possession mm-hmm. and you know that kind of thing but there's also the ordinary spiritual warfare, which the Bible deals with a lot, and Jesus dealt with a lot. He did exorcisms, but mainly his goal was to get people to stop sinning, <laughs> mm-hmm. because that's where the door opens. If you open the door, then you have allowed your will to be usurped, and nothing God has given us by virtue of being made in his own image God has given us a will that cannot be assailed by a demon, period. Mm-hmm. And so if we don't allow it and we don't will it, then it can't happen. And so that's why it's so important to to eliminate the sin from our lives, because the sin is what opens the door to um, more disturbing things. And it's very simple. I mean, when I say that, I don't I don't mean like hauntings or anything like that. What I mean is... Your pain gets worse. Mm-hmm. Your relationships deteriorate. Your circumstances get more painful and more hard to uh, extricate yourself from. Everything gets worse and worse and worse because the, the goal of our enemy is to make us quit. That's what he wants. And instead, we have all of the resources of the church, the sacraments, we have all of those graces. We have the scriptures, which really are, that's what Jesus used when he battled Satan and the enemy was the truth. Most of the time, we don't even realize we're, we are conquered 
because we just fall to the same repeated behaviors over and over. That's why I think God started with me on that vomit idea mm-hmm. was, you know, you've quit before you've even started. You just assume you're going to fail before you've even put together a strategy mm-hmm. for how to win. And the thing is, Jesus always healed the people who asked him. He never told anybody no. And that means that the only reason that our circumstances and relationships don't get better is because we don't really want them to, and we don't want to do what Jesus says it's going to take. And what it takes is a total and complete will set on him and love of him. Hmm. And I couldn't do that because I didn't trust him. I had an aunt who told me that when she prayed, she thought about climbing up in God's lap, and I was like, that's the weirdest thing I ever thought of in my life, because I was afraid of God, Mm -hmm. because I was afraid of my father. And so I thought it was weird, but it still attracted me, and I thought to myself, if that's possible, I want to know how to have it. But I was afraid, and because of my woundedness, I I had all that fear, which caused all kinds of terrible, you know, problematic and and patterns of behaviors that just got worse and worse and worse until I finally just got fed up and and said, you know, there's got to be something more than this. Mm -hmm. And, And God was so faithful. When I was willing to meet with him every single day in the scriptures, with what I call love the word. It's a process of of reading and studying the scriptures, but L-O-V-E, listen, observe, verbalize, and entrust every single day for five minutes a day in the gospel for 40 days, because that's the number of gestation. When I got serious about doing that, God showed up and things began to change for me, but not until then. We have to, like I said, or I didn't, Thomas Aquinas said, God, we cannot do it without God, but God will not do it without us. And he waits for our will to be centered on him, and then he gets right to work. Do you think most people don't do it because they're just not willing to put in the work, or is it that they just don't trust uh, giving up control and turning it over to the I think it's both. I think it depends on the person, but for me it was both things. Mm -hmm. I mean, I didn't trust God. I didn't trust that he loved me. I didn't think I was lovable, first of all. But But then at the same time, you know, That's part of what's interesting about when Jesus, you know, he asked people, do you want to be healed? And it's so interesting. I was thinking about that this morning in my morning prayer. Why would he ask people that? And I know why, because there is a sense in which we like to hang on to those terrible habits because they are comforting. You know, that Mm self-medication, we go back to it because it's numbing. And that means we don't have to experience the stuff we don't want to think about and we don't want to look at and we don't want to feel. And so he says, do you want to be healed? And, and honestly, the, the truth is, most of the time, no, we don't. And that's why he can't get anything mm-hmm. done. Mm-hmm. And I would just remember saying to him, you know what, Lord, no, I don't. But I'm willing to, if you can make me want to. <laughs> and that's a scary thing to say, because he will absolutely take you at your word on that. And, and it was the best thing ever. You know, it was painful, but it was... The best thing I've ever been through mm-hmm. is walking with him. It's such a thrill. Bored Christians are an absolute travesty. It should never happen. And if we're bored as Christian people and Catholic people, then we are not doing something right in the spiritual realm, that's for sure. Amen. Do you find that there's 
with most people that you've talked to or people that have read the book that there's just this one sin <laughs> that they have the difficulty giving up that maybe the sim that one sin may be the cause of all of their stress and fear and anxiety and pain and and so forth i think so in fact father larry richards said that fearless was one of the best books he ever read and when i asked him later why he said that that's exactly what he said that we all have a predominant thought and it's it's something that the saints have talked about for centuries it's a predominant thought it's a comforting rut that we get into and sometimes the sentence that jumps out at people is that a rut is nothing but a grave with the ends kicked out Mm, so if we continue in the rut we do nothing but die in it and what happens after that a long painful purgatory if we make it even that far. Mm-hmm. I mean, we assume we're going to make it to even purgatory, but what happens is really we get so numb from our sin that we don't even care. Give us an idea of some of the tools to get out of that rut and to and to, and to begin to turn things over to the Lord and the Holy Spirit in, in a way that uh, we're going to see some success in overcoming that, uh, that, uh, that sin that we carry with us. The most important thing, in my opinion is that we come to the one table, which is what the catechism calls it, the one table of the Lord, which is the scriptures and the Eucharist. And most of us Catholics have the Eucharist thing down pat pretty well, but we don't have the scriptural part. And because we don't, we don't feel that God really loves us because he hasn't had the opportunity to show us because we're not listening to him. He's speaking to us every single day in the readings of the Mass, every single day. He's speaking to us about our circumstances and our relationships. In fact, our last two popes called Mary the mother of prayer and the mother of listening because she heard the word of God and she interpreted it based on her circumstances and her relationships. And they say that that's why she was so holy. Mm -hmm. So if I'm listening to the word of God every single day, which is offered to me in the mass every single day in those readings, God will speak about my relationships and my circumstances. And the reason that is important is because, first of all, we get a spiritual perspective on what's actually happening. We think we know, but we don't. And we operate in our flesh and we make things worse. When if we would just allow the Holy Spirit to speak to us and tell us what we need to do or not do, things would change dramatically very quickly because he has that that power to move us and to move things around us. But if we're not listening to him every day in the scriptures, then we're not going to know what we need to do, what he wants us to do. Because sometimes he asks us to do weird things that don't seem to have any bearing at all on the actual situation. But when we are obedient, he, he like jumps in and does something, you know, miraculous sometimes. Mm-hmm. That's what's so cool about the, the scriptures, I think, is that you read these stories about about people like us, and they go through the stuff that we go through, and we see how God used them and how he spoke to them and how he He worked through them. But it was because they listened to him. So we have to listen to him in the scriptures. We listen, we observe, then we verbalize back to him what we think he, he wants. Mary did that in her Magnificat, and then we entrust all of that back to him. She said, may it be done to me according to your word. And how are we going to know what that word is if we're not listening to it every day. That is the number one thing that I think Catholics are missing. And 
what I'm seeing is that Catholics are starving for it, and it is really beginning to be a big upswell. I'm seeing it everywhere. Everybody is really interested in how to get in touch with God in the Scriptures, and that's what my entire ministry is based on. Fantastic, and I agree with you wholeheartedly. Sonia, this has been wonderful being with you. Uh, uh, I wish we had more time. The book is Fearless, A Catholic Woman's Guide to Spiritual Warfare. It's published by Ave Maria Press, and uh, it is just full of advice and, 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 and techniques and things you can use to, to help you along your journey, a uh, faith journey as well. Sonia Corbett, it's been a pleasure having you with us. Thank you so much for joining us today. Likewise. Thank you, Tony. And that's our show for today. If you missed part of the program, the show will be available immediately at thestorytellersradio.com and then later this week at the Catholic podcasting site, breadboxmedia.com. God bless you. This is Tony Agnesi inviting you to join me again next time for The Storytellers. We hope you've enjoyed today's edition of The Storytellers with Tony Agnesi, a production of the Living Bread Radio Network in Canton, Ohio. To learn more about today's storyteller, go to thestorytellersradio.com. There you can subscribe to the podcast and hear all of our past shows. And join us again next week at this same time for The Storytellers with Tony Agnesi. I'm Father Dwight Longenecker. I hope you've enjoyed listening to some of my podcasts here at Breadbox Media. But today I'm speaking to you about a different opportunity. In September 2020, I'll be leading a fantastic pilgrimage cruise from Rome to the Holy Land. And then on the way back, stopping at the cities of St. Paul, Ephesus, Athens, Corinth, and more. While we're at sea, I'll be lecturing on the Gospels, history, or mystery. When we're on land... I'll invite you to join me as we visit all of the holy sites, celebrating Mass, worshiping together, and having a wonderful time of fellowship. If you'd like to know more about this pilgrimage cruise, go to my website, dwightlongenecker.com. Go to the right sidebar, and you'll see a picture there which invites you to get more information. Go to my website, dwightlongenecker.com, right sidebar, click on the picture of the cruise ship, and you'll get all the information you need. Alternatively, you can call the company that's organizing the tour at 800-247-0017. 800-247-0017. Ask for Farmalong and Eckers Cruise to the Holy Land. Thanks for listening. Jack Kane Ford. Find your next Ford Tough vehicle at KaneFord.com.